When people retire, and perhaps they're moving, maybe even to Florida, usually one of the biggest financial assets that they have, and they often overlook, is their home. Your house might be worth a whole lot of money, and you may have forgotten that after living in it for 20, 30, or even 40 years. And it can easily be forgotten, and even worse, you can fall victim to an unexpected tax bill when you go and sell the house. In this show, we're going to discuss the financial implications of selling your primary residence and the ways to avoid a surprise tax bill heading into retirement. But if I sell my house, where will I live? Come to Florida, Tony. You are about to listen to an episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Each week, co-hosts Dan and Tony will explore topics about finance and retirement. It's fun, informative, and most of all useful to those who are interested in retiring successfully. Now, let's begin the show. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio Show. I'm Dan Wendell, owner of Dolphin Financial Group, alongside me today. Tony Shore, we're going to be talking about selling the home, Tony. I got some personal stories I want to share, but I think this is really relevant to you because I know that when you retire, which is probably never going to happen, but if you do retire, right. you're moving, selling your house and moving to Key West. That's that's the game plan from what I can tell. Yeah, that's my game plan. But when you're married, <laughs> see... <laughs> As you know, uh, it's not necessarily about your game plan. It's probably more about your wife's game plan. But we can imagine. In my my situation. But But, we can have fun, right? We can pretend. Yeah. But we will, yeah, we want to sell our house at some point and move somewhere, right? Exactly. And if you think about it, a lot of people, they like to move to Florida. We're here in Florida, so it's nice. Um, Clearwater area is nice. And a lot of people are moving out from up north. In, in the case of Florida, there's a lot of New York, New England, New Jersey retirees. We get a lot from the Midwest too. Maybe not as much as like the Phoenix area gets from the Midwest, but there's a lot of Midwesterners in the Tampa area more so yeah. than on the east coast of Florida. And what happens is they live up there, they work up there, and then they retire down here in Florida. Obviously, obvious reasons, right? It's because we're here, because I'm here. Yeah. Now, it taxes <laughs> um, weather. But what happens is people buy their houses for, who knows? People retiring now probably bought their houses for, I don't know, $30,000. And now they might be worth 300000 So people are building wealth in their homes. And they move down or they move away. And it doesn't have to be down to Florida. They can move you know, to another city to retire, they have this huge asset that they kind of forget about. And I don't mean people forget they live in a house. They just, they don't think about the tax implications of selling that house. And they don't realize how much value they have in there because people don't see their house as a piggy bank. Well, retirees typically don't see their house as a piggy bank. So they're all worried about how they're going to sell their house. Their fingers are crossed. They think about making improvements. Do I add, uh, fix up the kitchen? 
you know, a lot of people fix up the kitchen right before they move and they say, why didn't I do this while I lived here? It's so nice. I don't want to move. <laughs> right. right. So they build up this wealth and they finally sell the house and they most likely sell it for a gain than what they paid for it and put into it. And you know who loves when they sell a house for a gain, don't you? Uh, you do? No. Who really <laughs> loves when they... When people make ah uh, the government, Uncle the, Sam, Uncle, Uncle Sam, Sam. Yes. yeah, he's because he wants a chunk of that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Uncle Sam, he, he's always there waiting with his hand out, isn't he? Right, and it's no different if you have a sale of a house and you have a gain. Uncle Sam wants his fair share. Yeah, dun dun dun. So people don't think about that; they're all concerned about what they're. 401k is doing their 403b maybe they have a pension they have to think about health insurance social security medicare all those things we talk about tony and we help people with but it's the sale of the house that surprises the most people and i'm going to tell you the story of my dad who's planning to move to florida next month and how that's going with his house because he almost fell victim to some of this amazingly high tax bills as well so i'm hoping that so you've got a prime show, example for yes, it. Yes, it's, it's in, in the flesh. And, and I think what happens is um, people just don't think about it, and then if they run up against a deadline or it's, it's tight, and, and, and then they get hit with this tax bill, it really puts a damper on their retirement. Mm-hmm. So hopefully by the end of today's show, people will realize what the rules are and know how to avoid it. Well, there you go. And I think this is going to be a good one, especially with the example. So where do you want to start with this? I mean, like my wife and I, we've been in our house uh, 23 years now. Okay. So so we have some equity built up. I mean, we've, we've uh, you know, we've taken a, a loan on that line of equity to do some remodeling. Uh, other than that, we do still have, you know, good equity in the house, I would assume at this point. Well, I'll just wait for the, all the kids to be in college to say goodbye to that equity. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, thanks, Dan. And that's and that's the show, folks. There you go. You know, um, so let's talk. Let's start with a gain. What is a gain? So in your case, right, you, if you sell the house, let's say you're selling the house, Tony. You've been in there for 23 years. Um, I'm assuming that you're going to sell it for more than you paid for it, right? So... Um, yes, I hope so. Right. Quite so right there, the difference between what you sell it for, including your expenses to sell it. So if you sell your house and you pay a commission to the sales agent or you advertise, you know, the house for sale, you pay a fee to the lawyer to draft up legal documents to sell the house or the, to get the deed checked out, paperwork, all that is included in, in your expenses. So you subtract your expenses from the sale price, and you also ex- extract, uh, reduce the what the, what we're doing is you have a sale price, but you you also have an, a basis. They call it. What does it cost you to own this thing? And that's going to be what you paid for it, and any g- improvements you made on it. So once you you know your basis, you subtract that from the sale price. That's your gain. So you might have paid fifty thousand dollars for your house. 23 years ago and now it's worth 150,000 and if you sell it and you don't pay any realtor fees, you do it yourself, you don't advertise, you don't hire a lawyer and you sell it for 150, 
typically you'd say, oh, that's a $100,000 gain. Sold it for 150, I paid 50, there's the gain. But you may have put in a new kitchen, Tony, for 25,000. And that's a that's an improvement. So you have to add that capital improvement to the cost of your home. So yeah. instead of paying 50, you paid 75 in a way. That's your basis. Yeah. So and and capital improvements um are where people kind of mess up. They don't know what that means. But finishing a basement, capital improvement. You know, re- renovating the entire outside outside landscape, putting in you know a deck, that's a capital improvement. Keeping the lawn mode, that's not improvement. Maintenance stuff, that's not capital improvement. So you can't write off the four dollars that you give your son to mow the lawn every week. I know you're Shoot. cheap on on your son. No, it would be it would be a twenty. Twenty? That's that's pretty good. Can I mow your lawn? You for twenty dollars a time, you can come and mow my lawn, Dan. <laughs> Do you just so I can sit out on the deck and watch you <laughs> with a kit with my feet kicked up, drinking a an ice cold beverage Straw while you in mow your mouth. my lawn? Yeah, well, I umbrella drink while I just wave as you as I watch you sweat out there. I'll do it if you pre if if I could charge you for the month, whether or not I cut it. So it's not oh, per cut yeah, price. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I want eighty dollars a month. So. You can't write off certain things. I mean, add it to your basis. But people, so what happens is people add stuff to the house and they live there for 40 years. You know, you may have put on a roof or put in AC before those were standard. Um, and those things need to be included in your basis. People sure. people struggle to keep track of all that. Yeah. You know? They might forget something. They Oh, we spent all that money on that. Right. New windows. Right. So That's you need a to huge keep, expense. Yeah, right. So tell me about that. You know all about that windows. It it can be quite expensive, but they can huge. be really yeah. helpful on uh, the electric bill. So yep. what you do is you take whatever you sell it for and your expense subtract your expenses to sell it and and then subtract your basis what you put into it, what you paid for it, capital improvements, and that's your gain. And so you have a gain. They call that a realized gain. And you the higher your basis the lower the gain or the higher the selling price the higher the gain so you have to balance this and so what happens is when people live in this house for 30 years they don't realize they're sitting on quite a gain a lot of times and they sell it and boom now that's when uncle sam raises the eyebrow says hmm tony congratulations on your move um congratulations on the sale of your house how much did you sell it for and what's your gain? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's the first part. So um, I recommend keeping records of major improvements. That's that's a little tip there. Okay, but all is not lost, Tony. The government is not always evil. Can I say that with a straight face? <laughs> um, they, do, they aren't. <laughs> they give you an exclusion of the game, meaning on a principal residence, primary residence, where you live, they it's called Section 121 of the IRS codes, um, they give you $250,000 exclusion. So that means that each person gets $250,000 of gain that they don't have to report to the government. So if you own a house, you paid $50,000 for it, 10 years later you sold it for one hundred and fifty, dollars and that's your gain, $100,000, and you've lived there, 
then you don't have to pay capital gains tax because you it's less than the 250000 that they give you. Makes sense hmm. so far? Yep. Another, I'm with you. So, so we have gains. We understand that. We have the exclusion of 250000 um, and if we're married couples, it's 500000 And I'll get into that in a minute. So the other thing is, though, what is the primary residence? This isn't for all property. You know, you have, I know you have that, uh, those slums over in uh, the Twin <laughs> Cities. You, I know you have that project you own in Omaha. So you're like, right. a, you have all, you're a slumlord. I know it. No. And no. so the gains, if you start selling those properties, you don't get that exclusion because it's not your primary residence. So you have to uh, figure out what your principal residence is. And that could be your house. It could be a condo, apartment. It could be a houseboat. There we go. That's, mm, that's exotic. It could be a house yeah. trailer. So it, it, wherever you live, right? And so how they, and here's the rule. You have to, you have to own it, right? You can't, you have to own it. And then you have to occupy it as your principal residence for at least two years of the past five before you sell it. Hmm. So. Wow. So Tony, if, if you guys decide, you know what, we're going to, we're going to go live by Dan in Clearwater. We're going to move to Florida and we're going to keep our house though. We don't want to sell it yet because we can rent it out and make some good money on it. We don't have a mortgage. It's, you know, pretty much debt free there. So it's free money. So you, you move to Florida and you keep your residence up in Minnesota for three years. Okay. And yep. then you sell it. Can you get that exclusion of 250,000 each? And the answer is yes, because you lived in it for two years out of the last five before the sale. Ah, okay. That's the way it works. Right. Now, here's a, here's a question, Tony. And this is something that comes up, and this is where it gets tricky. This is why, and by the way, this is a perfect time for us to stop talking and allow one of my kids to provide the disclaimer about me and tax advice. What do you say? Yeah, sounds good. Let's hear it. Let's hear the disclaimer about you uh, and tax advice. Dan Wendell or Dolphin Financial Group do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is informational purposes only and is not in, intended to provide tax or accounting advice. Okay. So, again, Tony, that was that was. For me to say, I do not give tax advice. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you some financial guidance here. So you always want to talk to your CPA because we're going to get into some details here that you always want to double check with a, a CPA. But because um, this is a tax deal, really, it's a tax issue. Um, so here's a question, Tony. You, uh, let's say I, you live as a single person in a house and you've owned it for ten years, and then you get married. And then six months later, you and your spouse decide to sell the house and move to Florida. And you have a $400,000 gain. How does that work? You, you've lived there for two of the past five years, but your wife hasn't. She's only lived there for six months. What happens there? What would you guess? 
happens there? Uh, I would. I, I don't know what happens there. If that is the case, you get five hundred thousand dollar exclusion because oh, only okay. one of the people married couple has to actually have lived there. Ah, the only okay. rule against that is that your spouse, the new newlywed, can't have used uh, a sold or exchanged a, a, her primary residence within the last two years. So there's got to be a two year window between you doing this. So you can't. Oh, okay. You have to wait two years before you you get this exclusion. Mm. But you can get a new exclusion two years from then when you move to the new house and sell it. Got it. So I, there's a lot more to this than I thought there was, to be honest, Dan. I mean, I I didn't know about all these rules uh, about uh, the tax rules regarding selling your house and that, you know, if the residency rules either. Well, that's where people get tripped up. New to me. New to me. Yeah. And it gets interesting. So. That's it in a nutshell. You basically have your gains, you have your exclusions, 250000 each, and then there's some tricks. Let's just talk about some of the issues, little strategies, and things that get, trip people up before before I tell you what's going on with my dad. Um, what about snowbirds? See, this is a big issue for a lot of people. They have two residencies. And um, let's say you have a house in um, New York, and you have a house in Florida, and you snowbird. Uh, the question becomes when you go to sell one of them, let's say you want to sell your house in New York, but the house in New York has a $400,000 gain and the house in Florida has a $50,000 gain. What you'd want to do before you sell that house in New York is you'd want to make sure that that qualifies as your principal residence. Otherwise, you'll be paying tax, capital gains tax on that $400,000 gain. You can only have one primary residence. So you have to make sure you've lived there in that house longer than you have in the Florida house. So that could be a strategy that people employ is determining their principal residence to get the capital gain exclusion. It happens a lot to people that have multiple residences. Of course, there's the whole issue of taxation, you know, who pays state income tax, depends how long you've lived there. And people that do that know that, all right, I got to live there longer in one state than the other. It's a case-by-case basis, Tony, by the way. So the IRS can make decisions, you know, based on your situation. So if you're on the fence about something, it's best to talk to the CPA about it and see what the IRS might say. Um, another thing people don't realize, if you sell your home, Tony, and you make 200000 you don't have to tell, it's no big deal. You don't have to report it. It's not, you don't have to report the gain because it's the exclusion. So you would just put some, some fill in some worksheet with the IRS and you're done. You don't have to worry about it. Um, it's not like they're going to sneak up on you later and say, remember that $200,000 gain you didn't tell us about? You're fine. Um, a big mess up is repairs aren't capital improvements. Hey, I had to fix a pothole because of the snow in Minnesota ruined my driveway <laughs> right bad. that's just wear and tear you know you can't do it yeah oh you know um so there's there's this idea though tony that hey if, if i'm not there two years i don't get any of the exclusion you can get some of the exclusion here's an example let's say you live um you're living in a house and then a year and a half in you get called away to move to across the country for your job and you have to do it. 
the IRS looks at this and says, you know what, change in employment is something that will allow and they'll let you get a portion of that exclusion. So you're not going to get the full 250000 but if you're there for a year, you'll get half, roughly. There's a formula. So you can live for less than two years in a home and still get an exclusion if you move for unforeseen circumstances, some health reason, change of employment. Here's another unforeseen circumstance, Tony. What if um, your house burns down? Right. And you got to you get the check and you move. You, you don't have to pay capital gains on that as long as you um, have li- you don't have to have lived there for two years. They, they understand that sometimes you can't predict everything. When my wife and I were living together and we had our house and we had twins, um, that could be an unforeseen circumstance. I did. Did I ever tell you about? Did, did I ever <laughs> tell you about the, the time <laughs> having twins is probably an unforeseen circumstance in your case? Yes, it, it was. Um, we <laughs> although we had twins in both sides. When my wife showed me the um, the ultrasound, and she, there was two, I don't know what you call them, two circles. Yeah, and I and she's like, "What do you see?" I'm like, "I see two circles." She's like, "And?" I'm like, "Yeah, there's the the baby and the placenta." And she just shook her head and said, you are such an idiot. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, there's two, there's two babies in there. I was like, oh, you know. Um, well, and then once they revived you with the smelling salts. Right. And got you up off the floor. What did you think then? I, I actually was revived by my <laughs> oldest son's drool. I was like, oh, daddy, you know, there's three of you. Um, we didn't know they were boys until the day they got born. So that was even a bigger surprise. But um So that was an unforeseen circumstance. If at that point we decided, you know what, we're in a two-bedroom condo, we need to move now that we have two more kids, we could get an exclusion. um, That would be considered an unforeseen circumstance. So it's it's not hard and fast. There are some rules there. Um, And it's, again, the idea is the government's trying to make sure you're not trying to pull a fast one on us, you know? So... Let me talk about the the situation my dad faced, and you tell me what you think happens here. So my mom died in October of 2018, which is just less than two years ago, and my dad is going to sell the house, which they've owned since the 1960s. So um, we don't know exactly what the gain will be, but... It's going to be, he bought it, I, th- I think they bought it for like 18 grand back in the day, and it might be worth, I don't know, 350, 400,000, maybe even 450,000. So the gain is going to be more than 250,000 for my dad, who is now files as a single man. What do you think is going to happen with the gain? How much of it's going to be taxable? Let's say he has a $400,000 gain. What would you think the IRS is going to say for my dad? Now remember, he gets an exclusion of two hundred and fifty thousand as a single. No, they're going to take as much as they can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think they would, right? And so, right. but in fact, the two-year rule includes the time which a deceased spouse owned the residence as well. So, having lived in the past two years in that house, my mom gets to be included in the sale at our house. Her exclusion is included. So my dad gets a $500,000 exclusion because my mom died 
and he didn't remarry within two years. If he mm -hmm. waits past October, which is going to be over two years, then his exclusion goes from 500,000 to 200,000. And 50, 500,000 to 250,000. So you get two years from the death of a, of a spouse, also from a divorce. If you divorce someone and you get the house um, in there in the divorce decree, you have two years to actually do something with it and maintain that $500,000 exclusion, even though you're no longer married. Right. So in practical terms, my dad's going to sell the house and he gets a $500,000 exclusion, assuming he sells the house before October of, of 2020. So he's up against the clock. And, um, but in a practical sense, I like it because, you know, it only seems fair. They've lived there for, you know, 60 years or whatever it was. Um, it seems fair that, that my dad doesn't get taxed on $250,000 that he wouldn't have gotten taxed had my mom been alive, mm. but it's not forever. So you only have that two year window. So a lot of people that are moving and retiring aren't aware of these rules until they actually go. I know sell. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important that if you're thinking about retirement and moving to a different state or even just moving out of the house, downsizing, you have to factor in that gain. You have to know what your basis is and you have to know what your exclusions are, whether or not you're married, single, divorced, widowed, that kind of thing. I think it's important people know that. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. And if you have questions about, um, taxation on the sale of a primary residence be sure to bring in the cpa but just know that there are some rules to protect you from these gains which is great it wasn't always that way and um and normally for many people they're able to sell that home with the gain and not have to pay any capital gains taxes on it just do it the right way and know the rules yeah that's the key and so uh, but we don't have to do it alone if you're thinking about it. I know that you'd be happy to meet with people and walk them through it and make sure that their plan includes uh, all of these factors that they need to know about, right? That's right. But the hard part is, Tony, when you're moving, you might be moving. Let's say you're moving from uh, Ohio to Tampa. Sure. You might, and you're, and you're, you're going to move down there and get a new doctor, get a new financial advisor and that side of kind of thing. You need to make sure you're thinking about this before you move. So sometimes it's hard for people to, to think about those things um, in advance. They need to get someone local to help them. So um, if you're thinking about moving, you, it, it does make sense to start shopping around for doctors and financial people. And hopefully that person will say, hey, before you move, make sure you're thinking about that exclusion. Think about, you know, what you should be doing about you know, you, after you got divorced or lost your spouse, you got a two year window, you know, those types of things. Who's going to really talk to you about that? Your realtor, maybe. But how often do you talk to your realtor? Um, a lot of people don't even have one because they're not selling. So your financial advisor should be prompting you about this. So if you don't have a financial advisor, make sure you're working with someone that that is a fiduciary and also that's comprehensive that will talk about selling your home because it's not all about just investment gains. It's also about property gains. It's also about Medicare. It's also about Social Security. You have to be comprehensive when you're talking with an advisor. And that's why we make sure that that's what we talk about when we talk about financial planning with everybody. And we specialize in retirement. So we see the sale of a primary residence a lot more than the typical advisor might uh, because we focus specifically on retirement. And that's when usually people sell their home.
Best way yeah. to get in touch yeah, with me. Yeah, that's true. Um, just go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com or give us a call, 888-508-5935. All right. Well, good show. An interesting topic. Uh, that's one I hadn't thought of before, Dan. A great discussion. And you're right. That's a big part of retirement is selling that family home that you've lived in for so many years. Uh, for so many people, that's going to be a part of it. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan the Man Wendell. The topics on this show are wide ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Delphine Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.